Welcome to sleep with soothing voices. Each episode features a calming voice to help you to relax and sleep. There are also occasional bonus episodes in which I share information related to this podcast series. And now, enjoy another session of Sleep with Soothing Voices. My Trip to Rome In September of 2001, I had planned a trip to Rome from earlier in the year. My flight was scheduled to leave on September 17th, six days after the tragic events of 9-1-1, and two days after the government permitted planes to fly again. We got our limousine and proceeded up to JFK Airport in New York for our international flight. We were told to leave two hours to get through customs into the boarding area, when instead it only took us 20 minutes to get through. Nervously, We boarded the flight to Rome, and to my surprise, the flight was wall-to-wall with clergy and people of the cloth. The flight was longer than I was used to, but I slept for a good portion of it, so it really wasn't too bad. When we arrived in Rome and I woke up, we landed on the tarmac, and immediately you could tell you were in a different world. The Carbonari or Italian police were all armed with automatic rifles and Uzis, and all you saw were laser beams all over the place from their sights. There was a feeling of safety, but it was disorienting because nobody spoke English and clearly we were Americans. Once we obtained a cab to go to Rome from the airport, we were pleasantly surprised. The cab driver was friendly and courteous and even gave us an impromptu tour during our trip. The Italian countryside was beautiful. The lush greenery, the climate, you knew you were not in the United States anymore. As we got closer to Rome, the hustle and the bustle of a major European metropolitan city became apparent. There were scooters and small cars and people everywhere, 
It was gridlock for most of the time we were trying to get to our hotel. Once we got to our hotel, it seemed like any other hotel from the outside. But when you entered, the place was bathed in marble and statues and flowers like nothing I had seen before. It was absolutely gorgeous. I videotaped for most of our trip, and in reviewing the video, I'm still amazed to this day how beautiful the architecture was and how beautiful the people and everything was in Rome. When we got to our hotel room, it was a standard-sized room, but the floors and walls and everything was marble. More marble than I've ever seen in my entire life. The most amazing thing to me in the room was the heated towel rack. I had never seen one before. And it was such a pleasure taking a shower and having a heated towel waiting for you when you were done. The people were oh so polite, especially in light of the events of 911. They showed nothing but compassion and understanding, and every day, the entire front lawn of the embassy was covered with sympathy flowers. It was probably the best time to be an American in Italy. As we walked from the hotel to explore our environment, we found hundreds of quaint little shops, mom-and-pop shops, selling everything from stationery to cheese to wine to clothing, but all very small and all very welcoming for people who did not really speak the language. I was so tempted to buy an enormous wheel of provolone cheese that was reasonably priced, but the size of a car tire. Then I realized getting it back to the United States would be no easy feat, so I didn't make that purchase. The fashion and the style of the Italian people was amazing. It was subtle and understated, yet impeccably tailored. Clothing, shoes, the way they moved their hands and spoke, just so fluid. One thing we noticed is there were no t-shirts and hats with advertisements like there are here in the United States. The lunches and the food we ate and the cafes we visited were beyond anything I could ever imagine. All the food we had was so fresh I don't think the Italians know the definition of preservative. The cafes served the most amazing espresso, and getting 
Café Americano was no easy feat. We went to a restaurant one night called Lo Orso 80, which was translated The Bear. We just happened to stumble across it and walked in and were so welcomed by the staff. There was no one else in the restaurant except us, and we ordered antipasti to start our meal, and they brought out enough food for ten people. We ate and ate and ate multiple courses, and after being engorged, got up to leave and pay our bill, and the mama came out of the kitchen to give us hugs and thank us for coming there to eat. What an amazing experience. As we continued our tour, the sights and sounds of Rome were absolutely amazing. We visited the beautiful Borghese Gardens, of course, the Trevi Fountain, where I did throw coins in to ensure a return to Italy. We visited the Roman ruins, which the sheer age and historical significance were mind-blowing. The Colosseum, of course, with its rich history. The fountains and piazzas at night were unbelievable. Knowing that they were designed by such amazing artists, and looking at them in all their splendor and glory after seeing them on video and in picture for years just humbled you completely. We visited the Spanish steps, which were the most amazing gathering place in Italy. It seemed everybody was there just relaxing and taking it easy. No pressure no stress, no hype. We also saw the Circus Maximus, and although it's barely representative of its condition back in Roman times, we could envision chariot races around the track. We drove a little bit and rented a car and decided we would explore on our own and see what we could find. We wound up getting lost, and in an effort to look for the beach, I wound up circling and circling and circling Rome, over and over and over, never finding the beach, but instead finding a beautiful mountain range. On the way to these mountains, we went through the most quaint, Italian villages I've ever seen in my life. One of the funniest things was during a brief rainstorm, we stopped into a rest stop for some refreshments. As we go in, the place is packed with Italian travelers, all holding very small demitasse cups and saucers, drinking espresso. It was such a contrast from what we're used to in the United States at a rest stop. One of the highlights of the trip 
was a relative who was a cardinal in the Vatican. We visited him, and he gave us the most amazing inside tour you could imagine, especially with the events of 9-11. Security was tight, so getting into the Vatican at this sensitive time was an amazing feat unto itself. He took us on a walking tour of downtown Rome, and we saw chapels and sites that dated back to the 15th century. We saw artifacts from the 12th and 13th century. It was mind-blowing because growing up in the United States, you're used to the 1700s and maybe the 1600s being historical. This put all of that to shame. Everywhere we went with the Cardinal, people showed him love. He was clearly a popular figure in Rome. We also visited some of our family. They gave us some great tours of sites we had not seen. One of the greatest things was called the Boca de Verite, or the Mouth of Truth. And the legend is if you stick your hand and your significant other's hand in there and you pull it out with no injury, it is true love. Whether I believe that or not, I don't know, but it was interesting to do. There was quite the language barrier with both sides of the family I visited, and it wound up that my aunt spoke French and not English, and I spoke French and not Italian. So here we are in the middle of beautiful Rome, speaking French to communicate and get around. I also went out to dinner with some relatives, and at two o'clock in the morning, United States time, I had to call an uncle to translate because those relatives spoke nothing but Italian. They made some amazing meals for us, and it put into perspective all the Italian upbringing I had had and where my heritage was from and why my family was the way it was. The only thing I was not fond of is that gorgonzola cheese plays a very prominent role in apparently every dish in Italy. So after the first two or three dishes with gorgonzola cheese, I grew a little tired of it. We took some tours with the family and rented a van and went to a town called Perugia. In this town, they had ceramic craftsmen and hand-painted ceramics, the likes of which we could not believe. It was a typical Italian small town. Everybody was friendly, and when you went into the ceramic shops, you were greeted with warm hellos and welcome arms. I also got the opportunity to drive on the Autostrada, 
which is a road in Italy that has no speed limit. I learned very quickly that if you are in the left lane and you see high beams behind you, to get out of the way as quickly as possible because most likely the car behind you is traveling at triple digit speeds. One of the other highlights of my trip was the fact that my uncle gave me a gift, and this gift looked like a normal lava rock, but turned out it was from Mount Vesuvius. I have it to this day, and I will treasure it forever. My trip to Italy surpassed my expectations. The climate was unbelievably fair and cool, the sights were beautiful, the history was rich, the people were kind and welcoming and pleasant. The sights and sounds were more than I could ever expect. The sheer history and everything you've grown up learning as an Italian-American was all put into perspective. All the history you've learned in school about Italy was right in front of you the entire time. We were very saddened to leave, and we took our flight back, which I slept for most of, and when we got back to JFK Airport and got onto American soil, I hopped out of the plane, got through customs, got to the front doors, got on my knees, and kissed American soil because I was so happy to be back in the United States. The only problem was, and I'm not sure whether it was from traveling or when I kissed the ground, I was sick for just about a week afterwards. But it goes down as one of my fondest travel memories 